Hour away from Eric Bieniemy being introduced as the offensive coordinator. You're in the room. You're the reporter. What do you ask today of the former Chiefs OC who's now setting up shop here in Washington? We'll get to your calls here at 301-230-0980. You heard the words of Tyreek Hill last hour. Talked about praising Bieniemy for making him a better person and a better player. Brad Childress in that same uh, podcast that uh, Chris was talking about with the great John Kime saying that EB was a tough, hard-nosed, loud-spirited, and feisty coach just as he was a player. And, you know, Brad Childress, a guy that worked with Andy Reid, guy that's had success in coaching, uh, certainly is a longtime assistant in the National Football League. So, as we said, he's had very good mentors that he has worked under at the National Football League level. So, you're bringing in a guy with great experience, and certainly a drive and a push to make people better. And that seems to be the consistent message from others surrounding Eric Bieniemy. 301-230-0980. That's how you talk to us this morning. We will bring in Sabah. What's up, Sabah? Hey, guys, you got me because I've dropped twice already. I'm on the road, tournament times. You know them back roads, Pete. You know how that is. <laughs> I know we, that league that. very well. Go ahead. We got you, Sabah. I'm just passing Baldwin Beef. That sounds real good. Some real big, big cows around here. Uh, anyhow, um, all right, let me see. I got several things. First of all, about the comments, people coming up to you guys. I've missed you guys the last few days. I've been busy, but I've been listening. You guys definitely the best tandem on the radio. I got to say that. The best Thank tandem you, on the radio, okay? We appreciate you as always. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you guys are awesome. And just don't go nowhere. Don't get elevated. Don't go to the ESPNs or whatever, okay? Just stay right here. <laughs> We're all not right? going anywhere. And, uh, Nobody loves us. Okay. Except and, uh, for you, Doc. Right. So, well, no, no. More people love you. Even Paulie loves you. You know that, you know? People mm. only yell at those they care about. He loves Pete. He does not love me. Which is fine. <laughs> uh, I make the difference. Okay, so I'm let me sorry, see. With the uh, Airbnb situation, all right, with this situation, I feel like you got two guys to dance with, so what you going to do? Dance with you guys, each other. He didn't have to do wrong. I mean, nobody else wanted to come here, and no one else wanted Eric. But it still may work out. But the question, because to me, anybody's better than Scott Turner. But the question I have, if I'm John Kime or Nikki Jamal or whatever, by the way, I found out Nikki Javali graduated from Carolina just like I did. And uh, she was born in Cary, North Carolina, which is uh, uh, kind of where I live. Anyway, so uh, here's my question. Uh, Ron, do you feel like uh, – no, uh, Eric, Eric, do you feel like Ron used you as a PR move to deviate the attention away from his horrible coaching this year when he single-handedly kicked his team out of the playoffs – by double and tripling down on Carson Wentz. And the follow-up question is that, is Eric, do you feel like right now at this moment you are the most intelligent person in the building? That's my question I would ask. It's a, 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 I mean, yeah, I understand the tact of the question, um, you know, and the, the ultimately, yeah, I mean, I, it, yes, I could see where this would be, an 11th hour Hail Mary deep in Ron's coaching tenure here. But at the same time, Sabah, I think that Ron is doing his due diligence and going out and hiring the best person available. Go get the best person Nobody that's available. Nobody else was available. But no one else was able, Pete. 
Sure they were. And no one else wanted They Eric. interviewed Thomas. They, they, hey, Sabah, they interviewed Thomas Brown, who just got hired uh, somewhere else. I mean, they, they interviewed people that got jobs. That I look, yeah, you correct and you here. hey, you correctly point out it wasn't working with Scott Turner. But Ron interviewed right. people Ron interviewed people that other people were interested in. And I got that, but did they say yes to Ron? They didn't accept the job. They may not have been Nobody offered the job. Nobody wanted the job. They weren't offered the job. No. Ron was Trust Ron me, was nobody else wanted to come here. Oh, I, I would I would job. beg to differ with that. If Ron was Sabah, right? That's what you want. You want yeah. to. You want. You want to go where yeah. Dan Snyder's going to be out of here. But no one was offered Absolutely. the job. Eric Ron wasn't offering anyone the job until he had a chance to talk to Eric Bieniemy when Eric was done with the Super Bowl. That well, there, so I nobody was Eric offered the job. Well, okay. Well, I hope Eric uh, succeeds and uses this as a stepping stone as he steps on Ron on his way to better things. Because I don't trust Andy Reid giving us uh, McNabb. I don't trust him giving us a Smith. None of that worked out. And for him to just uh, have us, basically, we were um, competing against ourselves, again, just like Carson Wentz's situation. And what did Andy Reid do at the last hour? He called Eric and did a little fake offer just to up what we had to pay him. I don't trust Andy Reid as far as I can throw him. And we are the dum-dums of the year every year. I don't trust any of these people as far as I can throw them, but the bottom line is is no matter how we came to this arrangement, no matter how we yeah, came to this arrangement, about yeah. whether it works or it doesn't work, this one makes sense. The Carson Wentz situation last year, just to use that, did not make sense yeah. in a lot of ways. This one makes sense in a lot of ways. Doesn't guarantee that it'll work. Doesn't mean Ron won't screw it up. Doesn't mean Eric Bieniemy right. is some playmate calling God or genius. But it, right. it, we, how right. we arrived is different than how we perceive the reality, if you will. And the reality is, on February 23rd, 2023, the year of our Lord, this makes sense. Carson Wentz last year Well, here's make the sense. last thing. Here's the last thing. If Eric Bieniemy dare succeed a little bit, it's all going to be his doing. If he fails, it's all going to be Ron and the organization and the quarterback. So Eric is in a win-win situation right here. He can't lose. Yeah. So, in effect, that was a good job. It was a good job to come here, get all the money you can for your generational wealth, and if it doesn't work out, it will not be your fault because nothing works out for anybody in this organization under Dan Snyder. Appreciate you, Dr. Sabah. Be safe out Thanks, there. Good luck Love with the y'all. tournament. Tell Bye, your girl, hey, tell your girl, keep locked and loaded, okay? I know the last couple of games have been tough. So tell her to keep locked and loaded and firing that thing at the basket as her team is – one of the favorites for the ODAC Does tournament. Does she fire a lot of threes? She fires a lot of threes. Well, she fits right in then. She's a great shooter. I mean, Sometimes you have a tough day. A couple yeah. of tough days in a row there after a great 23-point game. So uh, Washington and Lee against Farham tonight in the uh, ODAC quarterfinals down at the Salem Civic Center. Part of the reason why I struggle with the NBA and college hoops mm-hmm. is the, I guess, just I'll just say the inconsistency from three-point land, which so, ev- so everybody saying, focuses you're, you're, on. You're saying if we played in a celebrity basketball game that we're not going to throw it to you outside a three-point arc. You're probably not going to help our team from a three-point right, arc. Right, exactly. I'm going to I'm gonna hang and bang you're, down I was going to say, you're more like a Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Round gonna, mound of rebound. There you go. Let's go to line one and our man Little. What's up, Little? Hey, what's up, Pete? Chris? Man, what's I up, love Little? You, but 
You visit my favorite part of the town, Miami, man. Love that area. Appreciate you. Man. Hey, look, man. This what this what I believe. This what I truly believe. I believe he turned down. I don't think it was a situation with the the, the, the team that he was interviewed by. That's why I want to ask him. I think he wasn't trying. They weren't trying to give him what he was looking for, Pete. And let me get let me piggyback off the coaching, man. It's been some rough, and it's kind of sad because we don't have that tutelage back like we had back in the day, man. I was coached by a horse camp, white guy, ex-marine. Come out, I, I I played ball at the toughest boys club in D.C., number eleven, and we used to have Dick Bucket's brother, um, Pete. He coached at Duval. Oh yeah, Dick sure. Buck is old. You're right. You yeah. remember Dick Bucket's oldest brother would come to our practices at Baloo, from the number eleven boys club. To to Baloo Senior High, we had two running backs, Coco Mojo and Boogaloo. They got involved with drugs and everything, but they were the best talent to come out of D.C., man. That, that was their nicknames. They ended up playing for um, semi-pro team at East Capitol Redskins, which I played for, too, for a couple of years. Our home field was at Banneker. Now, get back to the coaching part. Coaches used to tell us, man, when I don't get in your grill, it's because I didn't give up on you. It's simple as that. So it's, it's it's about it's about him getting in people's grill and doing it like you say. Pete he was with the organization for ten years. If he was if he was incompetent about getting in people's grill and and you know saying little things that that was disrespectful, and we would have got him out of there. So man, look, calm down, Sabaj, Sabaj and Lou. You know I used to watch the show back in the day uh, called Gulliver's Travel. Gulliver's Travel. That little guy always say, y'all remember that. Yes. That little guy used to always say, we'll never make it. We'll never make it. <laughs> right. Gulliver will get him to, to where he got to go. So, man, you got to let loose. We never had this kind of, man. We we got a lot of stuff going on in this area right now, man. So, hey, look, I want to say one more thing, too, man. Shout out to Howard, women and girls, women and men's swimming team. I got a cousin that swim on the men's team, Jerron Little. How, shout out to, to Howard University swimming team, man. They doing their thing. Hey, look, God a lot bless of, you A lot of good things. Me. Appreciate it, Little. Stay up, man. You got it, pal. A lot of good things happening over at Howard right now. That MEAC tournament's going to be lit in basketball as uh, Coppin knocked off Norfolk the other night. Morgan uh, beat Howard, stopped their long uh, winning streak as well. 301-230-0980. What would you ask Eric Bienemy? Jeff's in Vienna online, too. What's up, Jeff? Apple, happy National Chili Day, gents. Uh, <laughs> is it really National there, Chili Day? There is only one chili on a day like today, Jeff, and unfortunately, we're not in Cincinnati. Mm. Exactly. But it's uh, supposed to be like almost Vienna 80 degrees. They degree- have reasonably. Uh, Go wait, ahead, wait, hang on. It's supposed to be almost 80 degrees. Is it appropriate to eat chili on an almost 80 degree day? I I would get done caddying when I was younger, coated in sweat. And go straight to Skyline Chili to get something to eat. Well, never, never stop me at all. That's so, because you're a Cincinnati diehard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And shout out to Sabah, but I'd like you guys to ask her about the current state of UNC basketball. I'm curious if she's as passionate about that as she is about Heineke and Ron. <laughs> I think uh, believe she is. me, believe me. Between Sabah, my guy Larry Russell. They they are very passionate about the results going on right yeah. now yeah. at the University of yeah. North Carolina. I and promise our, you. And our pal Melissa too. She's sure, that's a, right. She's that's a three diehard of them. Tar Heel. Yeah, we're we're I, I, bi- I, we're big in Tar Heel country. Yeah, I, I, I figured she was. So I guess the question I would ask him is, you know, hey Eric, you haven't had to go to the combine or scout or considering drafting a quarterback for five years now. Uh, what have you seen? What do you think? What are your thoughts on Sam Howe uh, 
going forward as the possible starting quarterback for the commanders. So here's how I would answer that and how I believe he will answer that, because he'll be asked clearly, what do you, what's your evaluation early on of Sam Howell? He's going to cite his mobility. He's going to cite his arm strength. Maybe his, um, even though, what is he, Pete, six foot and a half or six one? Eric do you remember? No, no, Sam? No, 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 Sam. Oh yeah, if if Sam is six one, it's because his cleats are brand new. Okay, but he's <laughs> he's got he's probably got like half inch cleats but, instead of quarter inch cleats in there. But while he while he addresses you know how how much arm strength how impressive his arm strength and mobility is right, he's also he also might say you know look sure he's not as tall as maybe you'd you'd like uh, and and certainly as Mahomes, but. The one thing that I keep think going back to, and I think that impresses maybe people in the NFL, and maybe be enemy too, and maybe he'll say something about this, is like Sam might be short, but he's compact and squatty, if you will. He's not frail. He's not a six zero string bean. You, you know what I'm saying? So that yep. helps. I think Sam. I think stay. You know, more able to absorb hits that some of these six zero frail guys can't necessarily absorb. And when you kind of look body type composition wise, in some ways it kind of reminds you of a young Russell Wilson. You know, a little bit thir- thicker, a little bit sturdier. So I wonder if he'll touch that. I would imagine. I would imagine he will sing the praises of Sam Howell. Why wouldn't you? Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to go out and add a veteran quarterback. Of course they're going to. My level is, or my question is, what level of veteran quarterback are they going to add? Okay. Well, thanks for the insight. I kind of figured that would be the answer. So uh, have a good day and enjoy the presser, gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. Enjoy Jeff, that chili, baby. It. Tailgate Ted says, I want to know what EB's favorite dish is. If a mm. local restaurant wants to name a dish. The enemy, what would that be? I would first of all steal from Chris Berman and name it "Sleeping with the Enemy." Mm. I was thinking about titling the podcast that the other night, but then I was like, "Are people going to understand that reference see, from twenty plus years ago?" See, you know, it's funny you ask that because I would, I could see where people would look at it kind of like, "Huh?" Yeah, you know. I instead did. Bien- Chris has been far enough away from, right. you know. The NFL postgame show because they still do it on they ESPN Plus, it, yeah. but you know, occasionally uh, on the mothership, but mo- mostly on Plus. But today's younger society might not re- might not understand that reference. One of the one of his best nicknames, Eric sleeping with the enemy. I mean, one of one yeah. of his best nicknames. No doubt. I, but instead, I went the enemy, the enemy. I mean, because. Acho and LaShawn mm-hmm. McCoy were, were were teeing off on him. Sure. Listen, here's the, he, he, real quickly before we get any, any further. Like the one question that that, and I was going to go with with one on on Sam Howell, but I, I presume that'll be asked early. And Jeff just uh, discussed it. We've talked about like his path, his journey here. I I guess the one question that I'm most curious about is. How at this point, right, with all of the other big storylines, how much the system and the terminology, the language is going to change? Is it a basically 100% flush mm-hmm. and changeover? Because if you think about it, like under the last three years under Scott Turner, they used like, you know, the wacky number system thing, the old, you know, um, 
uh, Kenny Z- uh, Ernie Zampezi and uh, was it Don Coriel that used the number system as well? I think that that's kind of like how they tag their plays, right? Uh, so it might be like you know jet fly sweep seven eight nine or whatever. Just using that usually as an even numbers means you're going right. Odd right. numbers means you're going left. Right. What what does the enemy use? Number one. Number two. How much? How much? Is again the terminology slash language and the playbook going to change? Is there a percentage you can put on it or, or a description that you can put on it? Because, again, as I've mentioned a couple of times, Sam Howell was in a different system at North Carolina, then learns the system here last year, doesn't play a lot in it, now is expected to play a lot in another new system. That's three new systems in three back-to-back years. Again, not impossible, but it is interesting to me. When you consider how long it has taken veteran quarterbacks that I've covered and that we've covered here in Washington, how long it took them to get comfortable in an offensive scheme and with the terminology, and I'm talking about Alex Smith, I'm talking about Carson Wentz, two guys that were widely considered to be smart. Kirk Cousins has talked about you know the the intricacies of learning Kyle Shanahan's offense and then going to Jay Gruden's offense. Um, again. I think that's a bigger issue, a bigger thing than people often give credit to or look at. True. So to me, that's right. one thing I'm it's, curious It's about. still X, Y, and Z, okay? We're still running crossing. Sure. We're still running posts. We're running flies. We're running goes. You know, maybe there's a couple, like, unique routes like we saw from Kansas City in the Super Bowl out of the motion, uh, those types of things. There might be small things that are that are unique to it. We're, we're still doing the same thing. We just dress it up a little bit differently. Right. We use a little bit more terminology. And to me, if I'm any offensive coordinator right now, and I look at how many delay game penalties or timeouts we're burning across football, yeah, my ass better figure out a way to keep my offense as less complicated yes. as possible. I agree. I, I don't agree. need my quarterback taking seven, eight seconds in the huddle to I spit agree. out a play because I want to be cute with the play description and things of that nature. we got to be more efficient getting in and out of the huddle. Is there a way to say... And now I'm not saying, like, my first offense I ran as a quarterback in youth league football was fake 22, right. give 34. Now I'm not saying we got to go that simple, but we got to clean up the terminology so... Our offense can stay in rhythm, get in and out of the huddle. Simplify. We're not burning timeouts that later on in a Mm -hmm. half can help us. As an offensive coordinator, we have to get better at that type of stuff because if you're choosing a quarterback because of his talents and you know you may – remember what Danny Cannell told us? We talked to him. And he talked about it at the Combine. They put him up on the whiteboard. And Gruden gave him a play and he was like – I, I I can't, you know, I, I, I mean, like the second word, he's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to get that. So to me, we offensive coordinators have to set ego aside and get rid of the cute names for all the plays and all the other stuff. Let's simplify it so we make it more efficient for our team to get in and out of the huddle. So my head coach isn't running down the sideline to call a timeout because we're just coming out of the huddle and we got three on the play clock. Is there a way 
Uh, let, let me save this question for the other side mm-hmm. because I I, I I I do think this is important. I have a question that may or may not be applicable. I, I I think it's applicable at least to some degree. It may be fully applicable to exactly what you're talking about. So I, w- I want to exa- ask you examine that on the other side. Again, Eric Bieniemy coming up at eleven o'clock right here on the Team Nine Eighty and the Odyssey app. Eric Bieniemy, not quite coming home. I'm not sure. Not sure if coming to DC is coming home, but you never know. It might be his home for a while if he does hit it out of the park here with the Washington Football franchise. Let's hope that's the case. Anyway, three one two three zero zero nine eighty. Russell and Medhurst on a Thursday morning. We'll hear from Eric Bieniemy coming up at the top of the hours. He's introduced as the offensive coordinator here in D.C. Also 20 minutes away from our first impressions on the structure that Aaron Rodgers spent a couple of days in seeking clarity, trying to find himself, clear his mind where he may want to or if not want to play football this year. I wonder what Eric, uh, Eric, I wonder what Aaron Rodgers smelled like. No shower in there? I don't think so. Mm. We'll find out together. There's I was going to say, four days of that would there, be a little there's gross. A, there's a big ESPN inside look into the structure that I want to, that I just found, that I want to uh, discuss with you and get your thoughts on. Let's go to line three. G from the shop. What's up, G? G. Oh, yeah, man. How yeah, are you, pal? Man. Hey, shout out to my daughter, man, because you know, Pete, I love all the real hoopers out there. And, and, and she shoot the cover off that joint. So shooters. Keep shooting, man, because they ain't going to keep missing. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. But but she talking about Andy Reid putting his sample, man, like dumping, dumping the enemy off like he did McNabb. You know what I'm saying? That that don't help Andy Reid's legacy putting his sample re- approval on the enemy if the enemy comes in and stinks. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't the same. You know, and he ain't in the NFC East no more. He got bigger fish to fry, man. Got two rings, first battle Hall of Famer. He ain't think about the lowly Washington organization no more, you know. But my question for E.B., Eric Bieniemy, because, you know, I've been calling for him here. What was you thinking when you kept getting passed up while seeing all these dudes like Joe Judge, Buddy Hackett, Matt Rule, Josh McDaniels, who done quit wait, on the wait, team? Wait, 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 I remember, like, Buddy Hackett was, like, one of the first comedians I was ever aware of. And I remember, like, yeah, uh, maybe when I was, like, uh, maybe nine, eight, something like that. He did, like, a, I don't know, like, part of his stand-up routine was something about his uh, his uh, merchandise down below. And he was at a urinal. And what, and I thought it was, the like, the weirdest slash funniest guy point, in the world. <laughs> but that's my whole point, yeah. though, uh, Russell. It was a joke, and then he got fired, butchered it up Denver, 
and got an OC got a got a job quick after getting fired. Yes, he but did. my thing is like like AP. I heard you say Matt Rule. And yeah, Matt Rule won at Temple, but he only won once in Baylor, and we didn't see Bianami win two rings and had top five offenses, man, year after year after year. You know what I'm saying? So I want to know what was going on in his head when he kept seeing these hats get jobs, no problem, and him getting passed up. Because I know what I was thinking, man. You know I love Russell and Matt Hurst. Appreciate you, Hoss. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I asked that question. You know, and I said that yesterday. Just at any point, did you get honest feedback as to why you were being passed over? And and I'm sure it's always well. You know, we thought you were a great candidate, but you know, as a group, we were all in on candidate A right. or candidate B, whatever. Would any team be willing to say, look, Eric, here's why we didn't hire you. We just didn't feel comfortable. I thought it was we interesting. Didn't think you were a great communicator. Dude, I thought it was interesting the one that um uh, Childers talked about with Kime where he yep. said the one who said he couldn't get past his mustache. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell does that got to do yeah. with whether a guy can coach football or not? You know what? You want to find somebody that doesn't have a problem with a mustache, go work for Shad Khan. Yeah, don't go work for the Yankees. Yeah, facial Different hair. Sport, See, that's that's always been a goofy yeah, one. I know. Yeah, but you know what though? But you know, Grant Paulson wouldn't let you work for him either. Yes, yes, he hates people with long hair. There are people that no matter. I guess I could okay, work for Grant. I don't how, have long how hair. How you say, you know, that there are hiring managers out there, and, and I have no doubt that people have prejudices and people have biases and people have make judgments. And they say, don't judge a book by the front cover, but a lot of people still do. First impressions are always, you know, so if Eric Bieniemy comes in there just, you know, yelling and screaming at people and 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 popping off who knows right i don't know but yes i would love for him to be candid and say look i've been told five times by five different teams i'm not going to tell you the teams i've been told by five different teams i'm not a great communicator so you know what i did i took that to heart i thought about it it bothered me i it made me angry i worked on my communication skills i would love to hear that i would love to hear that so this way, at least you have something to kind of reshape the narrative. If, In other words, if they're going to keep passing you over, tell me why. Be honest with me. Yeah. In fact, if I, I might even I, I might make a call post-interview process after they hire somebody else and say, hey, you know, give me some honest feedback. Help me work on the things that I need to work on. If his agent's not doing that, his agent's doing a bad job. And I got great feedback from a uh, what I would consider a prominent agent at one point who I had mm-hmm. the, a, an access to that helped me considerably several years ago in terms of something I was doing in play-by-play that I wasn't noticing, but it was a subtle detail. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? And I went back and I listened to it. I'm like, you know what? He's right. And it, it, to me, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, that's what I'm doing. I'm calling GMs I interviewed with. Especially teams, especially GMs who've had to hire multiple coaches since passing me over, and that's happened. And just saying, hey, what do I need to do to make a better impression on you and others around the league? Help me out. Help, help me, me be help you. Help me be a better person. Just like Tyreek Hill talked about Eric Bieniemy helped him become a better person. That's what we're looking for. You and I have a meeting with CK every other Wednesday. And in those meetings, we ask, you know, what can we do better? We seek out the things that you know, our hiring manager wants us to do to make us more successful at what we do because his track record of what he's done down the hall with the shows there speaks for itself. So, you know, that's to me, if I'm failing at something, 
I would want to get some honest feedback from people as to what I can do to be better. Let's go to line two, Dean in Gaithersburg. What's up, Dean? What's up, fellas? Appreciate you guys taking my my call again. What's up, Dean? Um, what's up, Chris? Uh, I, I'm I'm in between with a lot of things with Eric Bieniemy, but I'm 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 a hundred percent happy that he's with us because he he has shown he's probably the best uh, coordinator uh, slash uh, coach you know that 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 that's, that's out there right now for for probably the Washington team you know. But my, my thing with Eric right now, I need to know how much he's involved with the creativity of Kansas City's plays. He has to – I need – I kind of would probably form it like, uh, you know, the, the plays are outstanding. You know, how much how, – what does it take to actually uh, – well, I'm not you guys, so, you know, you guys would be better than I would be. But I'll ask him what, what part does he play in the creativity of the play, you know, and, and and just to say that, um, I trust I, I trust Eric Bieniemy a whole lot because of because of his past and because like I said his talent, you know. Again, like I said, he's he's probably familiar with with more talent than any coach that I, I, I can I can see right now, you know. And like this just just a glimpse of all all the coaches like assistant coaches that could possibly take a head coaching job to understand how to deal with talent. You're talking about, you know, uh, earlier, uh, Pete, about, you know, in the, in the youth league, you know, how the plays are the same. You know, you're still running a fly, you're still running a post, you're still running out and in uh, a comeback. You know, it's the same thing. You know, your terminology is just based upon, you know, the, 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 the description of what you're, what you're doing. You know, but you're still doing the same exact thing. I mean, Pop Warner was bone tight, 33 dives. You know, something, something real, 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 real basic and simple. The bottom line is how well does the coaches adapt to the talent and, and the players? You know, how well do you use those guys? And I think, again, like I said, Eric has a good perception. Again, yesterday or two days ago, the, the, the interview, uh, and, and now with Tyreek coming out saying, he helped me to be a better man. You know, they got it. They got it. They got. They got uh, the interview with uh, Adrian Peterson, and Adrian Peterson saying, you know, Adrian Peterson's not the greatest person to deal with. You, you can see that uh, outside of outside of football, you can see that. You know, so the, the the conflict that they have for him to say with Eric to say, hey man, you know what? You know, we we see it for what it is, and then we just deal with it, and then we go, we move on to the next play, and that's exactly what a good coach is, and that's exactly what a good manager is, that's exactly what a good supervisor is, and that's exactly what I think Eric Bieniemy is going to bring to us. But I need to know what part does he play in the architecture of the play in Kansas City, and I'll I'll, I'll take it off and let you guys go. Dean, appreciate it, and I think that's what a great question. How much did he contribute to the architect of some of the creativity that that offense showed? Because the one thing that's been a staple of Andy Reid's offenses through the years, coaches will tell you, there's always something you didn't plan for that they use against you each week in the National Football League. I'd love to go back, because if I'm not mistaken, based on some of the things that were said after the game, I don't think they had run that short motion back to the same side where you got – you know, defensive backs crossing over, essentially tripping on each other or thinking, oh, I got to sprint to the other side because that guy's going to motion to the other side. And then, whoops, he goes back the other way and there's nobody home. And because Philadelphia messed up the covers on that 
Not once, but twice. Not once, but twice. One time, I think it was supposed to be a, a, a handoff to somebody else, and then the other time, the guy goes in motion, and he's just beating feet to get to the other side, and the guy just plants his foot and comes back, Right. and there's nobody there. So uh, that that's a great question. And even if he didn't have a 60% say in the architect of the stuff, mm-hmm. he's still going to be able to use it. He's been around it. He has seen it. He'll, he'll utilize a lot of the same concepts that we saw uh, with that offense in Kansas City. Let's go to line one. Chris is in Maryland. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Man? Hey, Chris. What's going on? Hey, honestly, I wouldn't even care. I, I wouldn't even ask that question. The question I would ask is how close do you work with Andy Reid? Because, like, come on, honestly, everybody knows that Andy Reid ran the offense. We know this, but how much – have you learned from Andy Reid? That's the good question because if you work close with Andy Reid, you have a lot of time with Andy Reid. So, like, it should wear off on you. Like, I don't – like, I wouldn't even care because I, everybody keep talking. You know, Doug Peterson got a job. Andy Reid was calling the plays. Matt Nagy got a job. He was calling the plays. Right. I mean, I really don't care about that. My, my thing is you you got the job now. It's time for you to shine now because, you know, you, know, you can – by winning, it cares all that, like all that say so that you're not ready for a head culture. Like you only can go up. Like you got how how eager are you to win? That's my question for you because this is how you can uh, silence all the uh, the doubters of you by winning. And my question will be like, did you choose Washington because you feel that they were in a great position? They had that talent. They had a lot mm-hmm. of talent, and with the, a sprinkle of Eric Bieniemy, will make this team over the top. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, that that would be my question for you. Also, I got a question for you guys, too, because about Sam Howell. And I, I never got to ask this question on none of the shows. Um, how, like, how strong are you guys on ACC quarterbacks? Like, besides Trevor Lawrence, like, how many ACC quarterbacks that came out of the ACC actually, like, played pretty well in the NFL? Like, I, I'm looking at the last couple that I know on top hand. Like uh, a Mr. Trubisky, uh, the guy in Kansas. I mean, the guy in Pittsburgh. Right. Even though you know, you still got to give him time. But like, if Ron Rivera is on his last wing, do you think they really want to go with Sam Howell? I really think it's something up their sleeve. I really think if you think about, it, you got Eric Bieniemy. He played against Derek Carr twice, right? Light bulb. And I'm thinking Derek Carr, or I've been saying this. For a long time, I'm thinking somebody like Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill will be here next year. I just want y'all thoughts on this. I know you like, but think about it. If you get Ryan Tannehill, you're not going to pay him twenty five, thirty million. I think you could pay him a one year deal, thirteen to fifteen million dollars. You got a veteran quarterback in the back that's actually not that bad. But if you think about it, Tennessee had a, a terrible offensive line. Right. I mean, they got injured. It's a good, it's a, it's a, yeah, well. no, it's a good question, Chris. Uh, uh, we'll let you go, and you can listen all, all, all fair. Pete, you, you go ahead with this. I, I I don't love this. Well, no Ohio State quarterback has ever been successful, so don't Justin lump, Fields or, say, or, or – Don't or, lump the group in right. because I love the progress Pickett was making at the end of the season, right. okay? At, As each game went on, right. you could see Kenny Pickett – getting noticeably better. Right. And if Sam Howell does the same thing, and I think Sam's got far more better arm talent than mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett. And, you know, I thought, look, you go back and you put that Sam Howell junior year when they had sufficient weapons. 
that year was as good as any year pretty much Trevor Lawrence was having at Clemson, too. I mean, he was, they were doing some things. Right. They but, were doing the, some exciting things. And the reason why things. you pick out Pickett, that, which is, is a Played double, in the ACC. Is because he played in the ACC, which people still don't think Well, I mean, think, ACC, I mean, look, at the but, time, but people don't realize, guys, I mean, guy like Brennan Armstrong, two mm-hmm. years ago at UVA, before the coaching change, mm-hmm. was putting up silly numbers. Yeah. Okay? You got, look at this year, Jordan Travis at Florida State. Played fantastic football yeah. uh, under Mike Norvell. So let's not let's not label them by. I don't think the conference label should bother you because I think each guy, on an individual basis, should be evaluated as yes. such. I don't even think the school label. Just to narrow it down, you hear that about Ohio State quarterbacks. Well, I, I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be a great passer. I, I'm not convinced that he will be. But I don't. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bust. Doesn't mean he's going to be a failure. Doesn't mean that C.J. Stroud should live in the shadows, if you will, of Justin Fields. They're indiv- different individuals. Well, think about it too. I mean, Ohio State gradually through the years yeah. now has upgraded the skill set of that quarterback. They went from a guy like J.T. Barrett, who was yes. basically all run. Yes. And if he threw a pass, the guy had to be super wide open for the most part. You have to be able to throw. You know, but yeah. you have to be able to throw. So now they've consistently upgraded the athletic ability at yeah. that position to more than just a runner, but a person that can pass incrementally. Yeah. I mean, Cardell Jones won a national championship for him as the third string guy. I agree. Okay? And he was a, he was a passer that they made a runner. While Barrett, the starter, was a runner that they only forced into being a passer when they absolutely had to. Russell's got to look at what's trending. All right, once again, we're brought to you by our friends at the Maryland Vehicle Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know that a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device. Learn more about vehicle theft protection at MD Auto Theft. Dot org. So, Eric Bieniemy's introductory press conference scheduled to begin right at the top of the hour. You'll hear it here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app as Bieniemy meets with the media at Command Central in Ashburn. We've been talking about it all morning. What question you would like, if you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. Meanwhile, the Browns expected to hire Bubba Ventrone as their new special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. He's set to leave the Indianapolis Colts, where he interviewed for their head coaching position. Broncos and Sean Payton interviewing Matt Patricia for their defensive coordinator spot. From college hoops last night, Maryland winning at home against a bad Minnesota Minnesota team. The real story, Alabama stud freshman Brandon Miller, who was implicated in the last 48 hours as being the distributor of the murder weapon uh, to former Crimson Tide player and D.C. area native Darius Miles at Alabama a couple of weeks ago. He scored 41 points last night, eight rebounds, three steals, two blocks, the game winner in overtime, a road win at South Carolina, all while fans were chanting at times, quote, lock him up. And the Caps could have Alex Ovechkin back tonight. Uh, against Anaheim, they have a five-game losing streak. 6.45, the coverage on the fan. And that's what's trending. You know what I could do on this song is vocals, Chris? I could go, oh! That's it. I'm not going to try and follow you up on that. I'm just going to let it 
marinate like that. I do love I do love the ramp up though. Think about this. If you were an FM DJ, you could really do some talking over top of the ramp up for this song right here. The lead in right here. Coming up right here on The Rock right now. Team 980. All right. <laughs> 301 you, you would be a good classic rock. I've been slash... an FM. I mean, I've been a DJ before. No, I, I did country music. I did uh, pop music on Q105. I did country on Eagle 97.3, filling in down there. When I've never I was the done... program director of the sports station, and I would fill in from time to time on the FM side. I've, You know, people have asked me this. I've never done uh, music DJing at all. I can in, see it right now. She needed me on the weekend to go 94 shop on the drive. Right. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I wouldn't know how to do it. Like, Where are you I, driving like to different. today while you're listening to the drive? Because we can stammer <laughs> and, and, and pause and kind of like the home of hip hop and RB. Think about what I want to say here. You, you really can't do that. I mean, it, it, it's somewhat devoid of personality because the music is the star of the show. As it right? should Whereas be. Whereas here, we're kind of the yeah. star of the right. show. Right. So it is a different format, even though it's the same, even though it's radio and people think it's all the same. Shout thing. out to my radio god, DJ right. Flex. So here, here's the deal. Uh, we, we mentioned this. Uh, we'll save the calls for after Eric Bieniemy. Hopefully, uh, when we have time, we'll get some instant reaction there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just got out of his uh, darkness retreat yesterday at a place they call Sky Cave. Uh, according to Scott Berman, who told ESPN, uh, who is the owner of... Of the hundreds of acres of forested land in southern Oregon. So Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, had said he was hoping to have a you know better sense of where he's at in his life, blah, blah, blah. So Berman, the owner, said the room in which Rodgers spent his time in is partially underground. It's described by the owner as a hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space. Pete, that's pretty small. I mean that how that, how big? Three hundred square feet. Damn, that's like a shoebox. I mean, that's maybe the size of this room. Maybe, I think. Uh, I I don't know exactly what size this room is, but that would be my guess. Devoid of light, again, partially underground, but it does have a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation like mat on the floor. It is fully powered, so at any point, lights can be turned on from inside the room. So that, so the initial reports were that he wasn't going to have any electricity, any lights, what have you. That, that We don't know if he actually turned them on or not, but he did have that. Now, this might surprise you. The retreat uh, that this guy owns has three dark rooms and is booked for the next 18 months. Wow. And a wait list in the hundreds, kind of like the Commanders' season ticket waiting list. Yeah, uh, 19, 1982. Oh, wait a second. That, yeah, that was the Redskins. See, and then that went by the wayside. Seven more rooms are planned to help accommodate the demand. Uh, apparently, this uh, this philosophy of retreating into darkness for spiritual uh, endeavors started in India, China, and Tibet. 
the Sky Cave website traces the roots of darkness retreats uh, to various ancient practices and rituals. Uh, that's uh, that stuff is boring. Um, uh, the 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 owner grew uh, finished school in East Central New York. Uh, he lives on the grounds with his wife and two young children, and has hosted more than three hundred darkness retreat guests. So um, this dude is making money. Yeah, off just of people uh, just seeking solace. Yeah. It does not say. I mean, it says what they a had concept. a. It says they had a bathroom, but it did not say if they had a shower. If they had a shower, you uh, could at certainly least that wash I've your seen. hands, face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. but but he said the quote: "The moment somebody feels uncomfortable, they get on their phone, they go for a walk, they eat food, or they do wholesome activities. They do yoga, they go for a run. There are a million things that people do to avoid discomfort. Um, you know, and 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 there's a picture. I mean." Like there's a picture of the retreat that you can see of where I guess Aaron Rodgers stayed. I, I you know, here's the thing. Like to each his own. Everybody's his own individual. Kind of wonder what what really goes on in Aaron Rodgers' mind. I mean, I know he's a different breed. I know he's a different cat. But you kind of wonder when you have all of that money, all of that fame, all of that rock star celebrity. You are sleeping with some of the hottest women in the world. Mm. What makes you go, yeah, I'm going to hang out in a forest somewhere <laughs> in the darkness and... Everybody's different. Everybody wants to get away. I know. I don't think there's anything I, wrong I, with I that. I can think of a million places to get away. That wouldn't be one of them. I mean, look at all the stress you talk about in your life. Right. At some point, wouldn't you I, just want to like get away for two it. days? Just yeah. you yeah, and you nobody know, bothering you, you? You know where I'd like to go? On a cruise with nobody bothering me. There you go. That's where I'd like to go. Not to some forest with a crapper I know. right next to the mattress. <laughs> I know some folks that are going on once a day. There you go. As a matter of fact. <laughs> and they do have bathrooms there. Well, they do have good. showers in your room. That's so. good. Uh, you can take care of that. Coming up, a man that's going to have plenty of money to shower and do all that. And apparently there's a lot of offensive guys that have made their way to the interview room for the Washington Commanders. Why? Because their new boss has uh, stepped into D.C. today. They all want to hear from Eric Bieniemy. You'll hear from him next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.